Welcome to Lamenting the Leafs. The band is back together. I'm Cam, along with Nick and Keith. It's uh, been a little while since the three of us have been uh, available all to record at the same time. And we've got three games in the books here. Leafs up 2-1 to one on Tampa, heading into Game 4. Uh, game 3 was quite eventful, but uh, before we get to that, we, we have to acknowledge a sacrifice <laughs> that was made. Uh, as anyone who listened to our series preview will know, uh, Keith recorded uh, en route to Toronto for game one. Uh, f- first of all, great job on the pod, fellas. Thank you. Uh, very well done. We were we definitely had our backs up against the wall without you there. But. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we gutted it out. Yeah. But, uh, you got it done. Yeah, new, new appreciation for the work you put in after the back. <laughs> tell, tell you that much. Uh, so... Obviously, things didn't go quite as uh, quite as hoped in, in Game One, and, and you had a, a front row seat. Yeah, maybe not quite front row, but uh, you were there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it sucked, but um, it was fun. I mean, we uh, I had that you know that three or four minutes in the second period or less, maybe three or four minutes of real time where it felt like there was a chance that they could come back um, after the uh, the Nylander goal, which was hilarious because like everybody within about I don't know like a 50 person radius of me was just screaming for them to shoot the puck over and over again. And when, when, and then Nylander just kind of has this like seeing eye shot go through it. I just, it was awesome. It was, it was, it was the, the atmosphere for the beginning of the game and for that little period of time up until like the camp penalty and then the bunting shit, um, you know, it, from the start of the second period onward, like it was, it was awesome. And, and I can only imagine what it would have been like to be there for game two, to have that kind of atmosphere the entire time. But yeah, no, it, uh, it sucked, but it was cool being there. Like, you know, early seeing them set up, like our, the place we rented was right outside of Maple Leaf Square. So seeing them set up the square, seeing people start to kind of filter in and, you know, getting, getting down to some of the local establishments at like two or three, I was kind of like, where is everybody? But then it's a work day. Like people have to kind of filter down a little bit. I was waiting to start drinking and yelling with strangers at like 2 PM, <laughs> but wasn't quite the case. But by the time, uh, yeah, probably around the time four o'clock rolled around and everything started to pick up and it was, yeah, it was super fun. And obviously I said on the last pod, we had a, we had a drive. So the drive home was not very fun with uh, my old man and I just kind of still steamed about the night before. <laughs> I do it. I do it all over again. So, yeah, well, you might have ways. to do it all over again. <laughs> if, if the Leafs are able to, you know, take care of their business and finish this one off, we're going to have to, you know, start some sort of crowdfunding to get you back for game one next year. Yeah. Well, fuck, we should all just drive down to Boston. That's what we should do. <laughs> well, let's, let's uh, not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Let's, let's, let's uh, I feel like we've been in this position once or twice before. <laughs> before um, yeah. But, but it, it's obviously rebounded nicely here. I mean, the through three games, I would say, and, and during game three, like I, I was – very much of the mind like if if they lose this and you are down 2-1 and and you deserve to be down 2-1 you know it's not like it's not like you you went out and you gave him your best and you came out on the on the wrong side of it and, but like you know they, they managed to turn it around they win that one in OT and, and and here you are you're you're up 2-1 after you know not playing maybe a couple of your best games and it's a great thing like it's it's a it's a much better thing obviously than than uh than you know feeling like they've got their boot on your throat after three games there's it, just a lot of things that happen in game three that felt good I, I would say Say, even though there were long stretches where, where they were badly outplayed, uh, a lot of things to feel good about. 
Well, let me ask you this. Like, when is the last time you guys remember the Leafs winning a playoff game that they didn't deserve to win? It's just about to ask that. <laughs> like, it's yeah. been so many times where we've been on the other end of this. Like, all, you know, from, I guess, game the Montreal five and series six in Montreal, and, yeah. pretty much the entire Columbus series. Yeah. Like, you know, this is even last year in, in game six, they, they, you know, they deserve to win that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, in sticking with some of the, the things that we said on the preview show about, you know, at some point, like law of average is going to kick in here and the Leafs are going to get through. But it's the same idea with this. Like, we've played a lot of games where, you know, the, the outcome wasn't maybe what you would expect or maybe, you know, quote unquote fair compared to how they play it. So just to steal one on the road where you were not the better team and didn't deserve to win the game is huge. And that's, you know, the time to look at like process and, you know, underlying numbers and, you know, trying to analyze and, and critique a win and stuff like that in the playoffs. Fuck that. Like just get out of just there. win, yeah, baby. Exactly. That's it. Like it's, it's, you know, the teams that end up winning, they, they've got several of these under their oh, belt. Many, many. You know? It's just yeah. such a foreign thing to us because uh, like I said, <laughs> yeah. we, we just haven't seen this. We've seen the opposite so many times. I don't know how to process and, it. And yeah, like you mentioned it, Keith, you need at least one or two of these to, to get through a series. So, yeah, uh, good to get that one under their belt. And yeah, it was an absolute like Ocean's Eleven level theft on on <laughs> yeah. Saturday night in Game Three. But hey, they all look the same in the in the win column. So that's what it's all about. Morgan Riley with the game winner in overtime, and uh, he, uh, he uh, has been playoff Morgan Riley to you. Actually, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been as advertised. Uh, you, you know, he's bringing the offense. He's Obviously, excellent performance in game two as well. And, um, you know, a, a bit of controversy in game three also. Got a pretty dope shot of him with some blood on the jersey. You oh, know, the, such a great the playoffs picture. are here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one you're blowing up and framing in the basement if you're him in the retirement years. Like that, that's, that's an awesome picture. There were a lot of times, especially in game three, where you know, it felt like Leafs defense was getting hemmed in a little bit. The, the four check was really getting to them, uh, having, having some trouble kind of turning the puck the right way. Morgan Riley has been just such a, a key piece to, to, you know, keeping the, the transition game going and, and bringing the offense. Well, it was always so important for, for him to, to elevate his game in the playoffs because he's the only guy back there that can do what he does. They yeah. don't have a lot of other options to, to, you know, be the kind of threat on the ice and join the rush as effectively as he does. And then also have the, the ability and, and the kind of, you know, the, the skills and the legs to get back. Um, yeah, no, it's been huge. Like, it was always important that, that he was one of the guys that kind of, was a factor in these games and and you you kind of you can live with the defensive breakdowns when he's playing like that right like throughout the year he we didn't necessarily see this from him and i think that's where he drew some of the kind of concern and ire from the fan base because he was you know making those mistakes that he's prone to make but also not contributing the way he was offensively so he just looks like you know he looks like the morgan riley everybody kind of fell in love well i thought you know early in game two like mitch mariner was obviously the the catalyst for the hot start there you know it picks off that pass at the blue line draws penalty scores immediately on the power play and the leafs are up one nothing 
I, I thought he was really the one that kind of got things going in game two, but Morgan Riley was the one who like really helped to sustain that offensive pressure that the team was able to generate throughout the game. I mean, tied the franchise record for most assists in a, in a playoff game. I believe they were all primary assists as well. Um, he was just, he was phenomenal in game two. And he's just, he's been everything that this team has needed on the back end so far. You mentioned it, Keith, he's like the, the defensive lapses haven't really been there. He's really holding his own. And I think, you know, a lot of people were really concerned about this pairing of Morgan Riley and Luke Shen coming into the playoffs. And if you look at their numbers together down the stretch in the regular season, I think that concern was very much warranted. But they've completely flipped the script so far, and I think that Luke Shen has just been a huge part of the team's overall success and a huge part of that pairing being able to find success whenever they're out there, too. Like In Game 3, uh, especially, I thought Luke Shen was arguably, if not their best player, he was certainly their best defenseman in that game. And it, yeah, it, he's just he's proving exactly why the 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 Leafs targeted him ahead of the trade deadline and why they wanted to bring him in. He, he's done so much for this team with his play and the stuff between the whistles and just kind of being that bodyguard, just everything. I'm, I'm so thrilled with what Luke Shen has brought so far as well. I've been really impressed by the way that he has fit in to the system of, you know, the Leafs defense makes so many of those just little plays, plays where, you know, Shen, there was the comment like early in his tenure about banking it off the glass but like you know that's not been his his go-to right like he is fitting in with these these little tight passes like he, he's making lots of plays to to you know keep the breakout going and like under pressure uh, rather too, than just like, chipping it off the glass under pressure exactly like he, you know he, he's he's making the read and making the the quick play and he's been really good and he, he had some excellent little uh, you know just little touch passes and, and you know slick little moves that that started the breakout in 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 overtime specifically yeah. uh, in game three, like I, I've been really, really happy with him. And I don't think that that's what anyone expected out of Luke Shen. I think if anything, no. that's what people were probably, you know, mo most concerned with when he was entering the lineup. But like, I also think a lot of people kind of misconstrue his lack of foot speed for like an inability to move the puck. Like, I, I think it, he obviously has good handles. He's got decent vision. It's it's more about the foot speed and just being able to acknowledge when that pressure is coming and how much time and space he has. And I think so far he's done a great job of that. Yeah, well, the the foot speed hasn't like even really looked to be you know a concern. Obviously, it, it can change at any time, but he's processing it yeah. and, and positionally so strong and so quick with with a kind of how he's reading the game that it hasn't bit him yet. And yeah, I think, well, we talked about Keith. Like, it, what if he gets cooked off the rush? Uh, yeah, you know, what do you do? What do yeah. you do? Is that when Lilligren comes in? But that hasn't been the case at all yet. It hasn't, and, and I think you could it, like going into it. I think the thought was, yeah, hey, that might happen a few times, and he maybe will be kind of you know fumbling some transition play and maybe not be the cleanest breakout. But if he does X, Y, and Z in the defensive zone and boxes guys out and throws that big hit and becomes the kind of physical presence that they maybe needed a little bit more of in the back end then you can live with all that other stuff but all that other stuff hasn't really been there and he's he's looked good and obviously this can all change on a dime but if you wanted to shake something up if there was a loss or anything like that i don't he's not the first guy i'd be looking at no definitely not at this point i and i think like we talked about this before we hit record too but like kind of the overarching theme of this so far has been that more so than any other year 
And we talked about this on the preview as well, Keith, but more so than any other year, like this, this team looks capable of handling the, the nitty gritty down and dirty kind of all the physicality and, and even all the extra yes, shit too. And, I don't feel outmatched. Like I don't and feel he's like they're a huge outmatched. If you want to start why. going down the lineup. Yeah. Even without Simmons in there and stuff, if you want to start going down the lineup, but like, okay, what if this guy starts this shit? Well, it's like, okay, the Chari's there or, you know, Jake McCabe's there. And like, you can, you can, you feel like that kind of stuff isn't as uh, tilted as it, as it was in years past. And I thought Justin Bourne made a great point on Leafs talk. I believe it was following game two. Uh, the, yeah, it was the, after the Genoa fight that Shen had, it was like, this isn't them just kind of inserting someone into their lineup to try and withstand that. Like the way that, you know, Simmons and Clifford were just kind of thrown in last right. year for that sort yeah. of thing. Right. This is a guy who's actually playing and contributing and, and you know, helping this team drive play and win games aside from the physical stuff, but he's bringing that as well. So I just think getting that out of an actual contributing member of your lineup is just such a, a positive step forward for this team. And, and, you know, he's not the only one. There's other guys pulling on that rope too. And I think that that's just been such a huge difference so far in this series. And I, I think if you, I think if you sat here and we're talking about, you know, the, the physical stuff we're talking about and the, the fight and all these kind of positive things you're doing. And then you said, but you know, Hey, he's, he's out of 44% expected goals or something like that. You'd be like, well, you can kind of live with that, but he's not like, he's well over 50, like at five and five, like he's, he's yeah. I can't say enough about him. Like he's just come in and kind of steadied things a little bit in a way that I don't, I don't, I certainly didn't think he was going to have this kind of impact. No, he's like really risen to the occasion too. You know, we saw down the stretch in the regular season, he was kind of topping out at 12 to 14 minutes a game. And, you know, he's already up around 18 minutes per game so far in this series. I know the the overtime period kind of helped that a little bit last night, but you know, he's, he's really stepped up and I, yeah, I just can't say enough good things about what Luke Shen has brought so far. 59% expected goals and 10 goals for and three goals against and actual goals yeah. while he's on the ice. So, yeah. and, and like you said about the extracurriculars, like that's a dirty fucking team on the other side of the ice. So 100%. having him out there and, you know, like that, that shit's going to go on until you have someone who can stop it. Right. And, and he's a guy who can stop it. And it was so nice to have, you know, to be on this side of the coin where the other team is so pissed off after the Riley hit on, on point and, and they're just, screaming and yelling and Shen's just kind of standing there nodding like okay and and it's like he you have no fear that he's going to be able to handle it right it's 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 so nice to be on, on the other side of it where it, it, you know they're, they're reduced to just kind of yelling and shouting because he's already beating the hell out of one guy and uh yeah it's pretty funny how the uh the the Maple Leafs are earning the, <laughs> yeah. the bully the bully and goon and you know all the crap that that once one point uh, they were the too soft to play in the playoffs team and now all of a sudden they're on the offense all the time yeah yeah and i think like you, you talk about guys who kind of you hear people say oh that guy makes everyone a couple inches taller the, i think it's been so obvious with luke shen so far it's just it, it's really kind of helped to elevate the rest of the team in that regard and they, they just they haven't wilted they haven't been shrinking daisies or whatever you you want to call it they've been in the fight the whole time and they're not taking any shit i believe shrinking violets is the term but you're yeah whatever <laughs> you're, clo- you're close on the flowers but um botany's not really my thing no no um wanted to talk about uh, matthew nyes who got inserted <laughs> in game two after the michael bunting suspension and we'll, we'll get to him in a bit but got to talk about nyes because man like uh, we obviously we talked about him you know 
down the stretch. We've been talking about him since he got drafted, and, and you've been excited. And I for think this. we're going to be talking about <laughs> him a lot more for a long time. <laughs> oh, man, what, what a performance here! Like you know, we we obviously like what we saw in those last few games of the regular season, but um, he, he's just rolled it right into the playoffs and has been like I, I was stunned by the 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 role he was getting and and the situations he was being put out there in in game three so quickly, uh, earning the trust of Sheldon Keefe. Uh, really something to see. He was on the ice for the tying goal and the OT winner. I mean, like that says a lot about how Sheldon Keefe feels about this kid, even with some of the mistakes that he has made. And I know Sheldon Keefe said, you know, in those final three games of the regular season, yeah, some mistakes are good. It's an opportunity to learn. You maybe not feel the same way in the postseason. In the playoffs, yeah. But the fact that... He, Especially not in the with a minute left when you're training. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. But it's obvious that they feel that Nyes is able to contribute offensively to kind of give them something that a lot of other guys in this lineup straight up can't do. Like, I know it's a very small sample size, but like with what he's shown so far, where would you slot this guy in on the list of like most dangerous Leafs forwards? If you need something in a, in a final minute of the game, I think, you know, he's earned that, that place to be out there with the goal he pulled. But the fact that he has, earned that trust so early i just think really speaks to what he's shown as a player at the nhl level so far it's 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 hard to believe that this kid was playing college hockey like two weeks ago yeah it's i think you kind of nailed it there about his ability to do things that other other people on the team can't do like his kind of hands and and body positioning when he gets on the wall and the ability to take it off the wall and get to the middle of the ice and the ability to kind of just work below the dots which is part of the reason why that that line just looks so good with Achari and O'Reilly, like some other guys that can kind of get down there and use their use their body and kind of wreak havoc. And then his you know shot, and I know he hasn't scored yet, but just the finishing ability that he's shown in the past. And it feels like his, it's coming, you know, doesn't it? Like, oh, at any point, I can't wait. Like it's, I hope it happens. I mean, I hope it happens next game. But if he scores at home, it's going to be awesome. Oh man, that play that he took off the wall in game two, like, and went straight to the net with that little toe drag and just barely didn't get it up over Vasilevsky's pad. Had that been his first NHL goal? Like, my goodness. More so than any play oh, that's yeah. happened. I mean, more so than any play that's happened so far in the playoffs. That's the one that has gotten me, like, vertical off my couch. Like, like I was in the air. Well, you like, just <laughs> mentioned that there's not a lot of guys on this team that can do some of the things that he does, but, like, straight up look around the league there's not a lot of guys that can make that play with consistency and we've already seen him do almost the exact same thing a couple of times yeah exactly so there's just there he's got a skill set that definitely sets him apart from a lot of other players and i don't think he's coming out of this lineup anytime soon i said to you guys last night like i don't think this guy's ever seen the ahl Um, and cam you joked he might not see the bottom six ever again you know after he bumped (laughs) up last night in game three so the only reason that i wouldn't have him in the top six is just because of how much i like that that third line and the ability to kind of deepen the lineup yeah. but it's that's the only reason yeah exactly and it gives you legitimate pop on that third line too right yeah. like it's it's a, a real depth kind of spreading move and yeah i mean he, he's just so slick with it and has just fit right in like you know they're, they're gonna get a little more tape on him now and they'll they'll probably just try to start like exploiting some of the stuff like there's still some you know, young guy stuff in there and like you know he's still learning but like he's obviously a he's guy learning can, on the fly yeah and he and he can clearly make an impact immediately right like it's you know 
we've seen enough to know that he, he's going to be able to do that at least, you know, if not for an entire game, like, like it's, it's, it's clear that he, he can affect the NHL game. No question yeah. about that. Even, yeah. you know, we've seen it in this down the stretch in the regular season and now in the playoffs. And it's like, it's no change, right? It's not like there's, there's less room out there for him now. He, he's, he's showing off just as well as, as he was, um, you know, in those, those first couple of games. And, and it's like, it's been shift by shift. Like it's, it's been super consistent. So like, it's probably going to fall off a little bit at some point, but Man, the impact is there, and yeah, obviously the trust is there too. So, like, I watched um, this kid a lot at Minnesota the last couple of years, and obviously thought he was very good. But I think he's looked even better so far at the NHL level. And I don't know if it's you know got anything to do with you know playing on the smaller ice more consistently. Yeah, you talked whatever. about this, right? Like wanting to see what what he would look like. Yeah, because his game kind of suits the smaller ice a little bit better, right? Like the, the, his tools. And I think we've really seen that so far, man. Like you talk about the plays he's able to make off the wall just we talked about it in the group chat last night as well. Like he really does look Matthews-esque with like the way that he's able to make some of those plays in tight around feet and sticks and just kind of come out of the pile with the puck and make a play to someone else or, or take it to the net himself. It's just, it's been really impressive. And I think it's only a matter of time before this guy gets on the board. Yeah. And I think it was like, that's part of the, the reason I guess the people kind of projected him like NHL ready, obviously it was because of his size and stuff. And that's probably what you see. Most people come into the league lacking is the ability to kind of win battles. And, you know, the fact that he's doing that at, his age and his inexperience in the league again obviously a lot of that are his physical tools that he has but just the confidence that he has to just go into a corner with you know seasoned nhl veteran and and the tampa bay lightning like all that kind of lore that's around them and just you know do what he's been doing and and win battles and kind of just it's it's remarkable to see how little time he needed to adjust he doesn't look like he knows that he's only played five nhl games you know what i mean exactly (laughs) which is obviously a good thing and i've heard a lot in like some of the like on all the different podcasts and the you know when when the leafs win you just kind of soak in everything that you can possibly (laughs) listen to but like that's a the the kind of sentiment i heard across a couple of different shows was like it's good like he doesn't know what he doesn't know kind of thing right like he's just kind of clean slate clean brain and just going in there and doing what he does without having to worry about anything else well it's, it's just so much of the game takes place along the wall and especially in the playoffs right it's a lot less free-flowing and uh, although tampa's transition game was pretty free-flowing in, gra- in game three but th- there's just so much of the game that takes place along the walls and that's the his greatest strength and it's it's just really shone through so far so safe to say he is not coming out when uh, michael bunting returns from i would suspension. be incredibly shocked <laughs> and, and angry yeah, and angry yeah <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's already at that point where it's riots in the street. If this but guy I think it's out. warranted. It's not just like the typical, like, you know, shiny new toy kind of thing that happens on Twitter. Sometimes, you know, everyone wants to see the new kid or the new piece to the lineup, you know, given the chance, like no, it, yeah, it, it's it, completely earned. There's just no argument that he's not a top 12 forward on this team at this point. No, absolutely. So what do you do there? Is it, is it, you know, bunting in on the fourth line, you take out Aston Reese or Lafferty, Nick, what, what would your approach be here? Uh, It's a really tough question because I don't really know that anyone has kind of played themselves out of the lineup either, which is kind of a good problem to have when you look at it that way. Um, I I thought 
Aston Reese kind of really asserted himself well in game three. Um, he was really throwing the weight around. He's made some good plays. He had that nice goal in game two, like just prototypical fourth line goal. But I think that was, you know, a product of all three guys in that line. Uh, Lafferty getting in on the four check, Camp doing his thing, and, and Zara just going to the net and banging it home. Uh, I, I think it's a real toss up between Aston Reese and Lafferty, and it's it's kind of it's going to depend on perhaps the the comfort level of one of those guys playing on the right side. Um, I, I don't like Michael Bunting hasn't played any on the on the right side. Alex Kerfoot has kind of played all over the place. I think he's probably the guy that gets knocked down to the fourth line to take over for whichever one of those guys comes out to, for Bunting's return. But, uh, you know, at, at this point, I think, you know, we've still got another game to go before Sheldon Keefe has to make that decision. So there's a lot that can happen in game four before that. You know, maybe there's a, another injury or something that, you know, you don't have to take anybody out. But, uh, yeah, as of right now, I, it, I'm glad that I'm not the one that has to make the decision between Zach Aston Reese and Sam Lafferty coming out. Yeah, and I don't – I think you just kind of nailed it there with the Kerfoot going down thing. Like, I just don't love the idea of Michael Bunting on the fourth line. Um I don't. I don't know. It just doesn't it, seem to spit. Well, his Kerfoot's skill set a lot better defensive player. Ker- yeah, Kerfoot moves better. Neither one of them are very big guys, nah. so it's not necessarily about like the physical, you know, aspect of it. But yeah, I, I think well, now that we're talking about it, actually, Keith, like you've almost just kind of talked me into the it being Lafferty that comes out if Kerfoot's going to be the one that gets bumped down to the fourth line because I think Kerfoot kind of would replace some of that speed that you'd be losing with Lafferty right. in that spot. And, you know, I'd say Aston Reese has been the more physical of the two players or, or the more like effectively physical of the two players there. So, but what I wouldn't, uh, what I wouldn't be racing to do though, is take, taking Yaron Croak away from Matthews and Marner. Like yeah. I like him there. Like he just, he, he just works he's so hard. He's leading the team like, in he, expected goals percentage so far. So he just, he's everywhere. Yeah. He's a little, like, I didn't expect that, like, I don't know. Like he just he's he's kind of got a bit more of a tenacious side than I thought he had, and it's kind of you're seeing it a little bit more. But you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be like slotting Bunting back in. If anything, I would like to see what he looks like with Tavares and Nylander because I don't know. Like so, basically, just you know, Kerfoot down to the fourth line and and him him in that spot because I don't know. Like we Tavares and Nylander didn't maybe didn't have their best game last night that line has always seemed to need something and like hasn't really always clicked. Um, and Nyes there might make a lot of sense too, but also I don't really want to fuck with that third line either. So yeah, I, I think bunting with Tavares and Nylander might make some sense and give them somebody to kind of help with the, the four check and help kind of get pucks loose and, you know, and get, get the puck to John along the boards. But yeah, I, I it's, it's a tough call because Lafferty and Aston Reese have been, good to you know for relatively speaking and, and kind of for what you'd you know, expect for, for what them, their yeah. roles are yeah like i neither one of them is played poorly enough to for it to be like a slam dunk well, kind of like talking about that third line uh, of o'reilly and nyes and achari can we just take a minute to throw some praise at ryan o'reilly and at kyle dubas for for bringing him in acquiring him <laughs> Because and at Kyle Dubas for for getting him and uh, Achari for less than Tanner's enough. Yeah, and like just incredible. And like you know, we, we talked about Luke Shen being everything that we, we could have hoped for, but Ryan O'Reilly has just you know I was excited about bringing him in, obviously, but he has exceeded my expectations by such a, a substantial margin. Like he just doesn't lose puck battles. It's crazy to watch along the walls when there's like a contested puck or something bouncing around. 
he just always seems to be the one to come away with it. And he, he's so responsible all over the ice. He's obviously come up clutch a, a handful of times already, you know, most notably the, the game tying goal with just a minute left in game three. But he's just, if we're talking about things that are the, the biggest difference compared to, you know, prior years and, and past iterations of this roster in the playoffs, I don't think you can even have that conversation without starting with Ryan O'Reilly. He's he's yeah. just been such a huge addition to this team in so many aspects. Just so reliable. Yeah. Like, so... And steady on the rudder, kind of like Mike Babcock sort of deal, right? Like, hearing his quotes after the game one loss, he kind of was just like, you know, we're fine. It's okay. It's one game sort of deal. Whereas, like, without him here, I think those lingering doubts and you know ghosts of playoff past that we've talked about would maybe start to creep in a little more but you've got that guy who's been there been through it all seen it all suffered these losses and been able to bounce back and you know get the job done so i just think that aspect of it has been huge from a leadership uh, standpoint yeah they they needed that kind of uh, that kind of presence and he's been as advertised everything you you basically could have hoped for right well, I mean, some people kind of advertise him as Nick Foligno 2.0. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's kind of been better than advertised. If you're talking about what he was coming over, you know, with the with the the year that he had in St. Louis, like I think everybody was kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, he's not Con Smythe, Ryan O'Reilly, or you know, he's not where where he was two or three years ago, or, or you know, whatever. But he, fuck, I mean, I. I know he, he probably was a little bit better in that consummate year, but Jesus, man, it's hard to imagine him, imagine him, you know, making more of an impact than he has. Been a big fan. It's been been a treat to watch. He's um, so smart too. Like even when you watch like what he's doing when he's away from the puck, like it's 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 fun to watch. He's ratcheted things up too in the playoffs, right? Like I think you know a lot of people might look at Ryan O'Reilly as this gritty physical kind of player like he's he's not a physical kind of player go look at the the season long hit totals uh, i believe william nylander was credited with more hits than ryan o'reilly during the regular he season has, this year that was last night was his first nhl 5 minute major for fighting there you and go he didn't even really fight but like overall he's just he's using his body really effectively he's not taking any shit like there was that one play last night in game three where he was all alone down in the offensive zone and he gets a, a like kind of a weak shot on net but he just headed straight to the top of the crease even though it, it was the one that he pat it was the one he banked off the end boards to himself yes that's right that's it was that play yeah and he yeah, it was one on, and then it was like one on four and he just right he, in he finished kitchen. in the corner and then turned around and went to the front of the net. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that that Puck was never coming loose from Vasilevsky, but he didn't give a shit. He was going there and he was getting up in Vasilevsky's grill and just like he just plays to the whistle. Yeah, playing to yeah. the whistle and you know maybe even a little bit through it. So like just really helping to elevate the entire group. And I don't want to know where this team would be without him. Yeah. So looking ahead here, uh, Monday night is Game Four. Um, Obviously, things got quite chippy in Game Three, so I, I would think that we'll we'll see a little bit more of that. Um, you know, the the top guys have been producing. Obviously, you got the Tavares hat trick. Uh, you know, Marner is is right up there with the the playoff leaders. He's um, he's, he's leading actually as we record. He's yes, leading. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like you mentioned it, you know, drawing the penalty and then just clapping one like, like you don't have a, a more clear example of, of just kind of taking over a, a game or a moment than that. Right. So, you know, th that's been good. 
I still think that you know they've got more right, and we talked about Riley as well. Like like Nylander's been great. Matthews has been very good, not quite as dominant, maybe out and out dominant as we know he can be. But um, you know, as good as they've been, it, it still feels like you know there's another gear here, and you know a, a game or two that these guys could just win and and fucking seal this thing. Well, I think that's got to be a really encouraging thing for the Leafs, right? In that locker room, you, you look at where they're sitting in the series right now. You know, we talked about it off the top. They absolutely stole game three. Big credit goes to Ilya Samsonov for that. You know, after a shaky first period, he really kind of locked it down. I wouldn't say he stood on his head or anything. The Leafs kind of just stuck with it and, and, you know, ended up getting the, the result that they needed. But the fact that, you know, I think you could maybe say John Tavares and Morgan Riley took over game two a little bit. And, you know, as I said off the top, Mariner got it started there. But I don't feel like Austin Matthews and Mitch Mariner as a pair have taken over a game yet. And we know full well that they're very capable of doing so. We maybe haven't seen it in the playoffs so much over the years as we've seen in the regular season, obviously. But we know that that's in them. And if they're able to kind of elevate and take over one of these games, that's going to put the Leafs in a really good spot to, to have a stranglehold on this series. And, they, you know, their first chance to do so is going to come on Monday night in game four. Yeah, I think that's <clears throat> if you look at where, you know, maybe the, the headspace was at after game one. And, and if you were to say, you know, oh, you're, you, that they were up. 2-1 and, and won a game in Tampa and kind of feels like they're not, you know, you want to step on their next year and you don't, this doesn't have to go seven games and stuff like that. But I mean, you kind of feel like you're up and playing a little bit with house money right now, like to get, even if you get come away with the split in Tampa and come back to two, especially after the, the disaster of game one. And then knowing that, like you just said, they've kind of done all this with, without that you know matthews game or whatever where he comes out and gets a couple of goals and an assist or something like that or like even a knee game that we've seen throughout the right. regular season right yeah because he has that in him too to, to completely take over a game as well and yeah it's it's encouraging um knowing that because i think you you kind of throw not not throw the point totals out for game two but like there might have been some garbage time points there or whatever but and then you kind of think about game three and that was you know you get the big goal from ryan o'reilly and the big goal from from morgan riley it's it hasn't again just those those big moments from those guys maybe haven't been there um yet right and that's not knocking them they maybe really didn't have to have them in game two and uh, apart from the the first minor goal kind of getting getting things rolling but yeah i think the uh, the one thing i'll say though is matthews has been noticeable physically absolutely he's been noticeable defensively He's still contributing in like and his point totals are there. It's just maybe the goals maybe aren't where you need them to be or want them to be. Um, but he's getting his assist. He's he's making an impact physically, he's making an impact defensively. Um, you know, that that's that's encouraging. And you know, I think we've seen this with Matthews that as long as he's engaged and, and kind of getting his chances like that, the goals usually come. So as far as, you know, what, what else are you looking for in, in game four? Um, you know, obviously we, we could see a, an even bigger step from, from the, the top guys. We could see the same thing kind of on the other end, right? Like we haven't seen that game where Vasilevsky has completely shut it down. Um, that, that could be coming. Well, we haven't seen much competitive hockey in this series at all, to be honest with you. Like game one was over early, aside from, you know, the Leafs kind of, battled back a little bit in the second period there made it close before everything fell apart on them so it's hard to take much out of that game and then you, you 
fast forward to game two and it was the opposite story where the Leafs just controlled that that game from the very opening face off and Tampa was never really in it. And then I think game three was just a, a really dominating performance from Tampa that they, you know, they probably deserve to win. I don't think we've seen these teams really going, you know, shot for shot yet, or really kind of both elevating to the moment at the same time. And just, I don't know how to really frame it, but just seeing really competitive 60 minutes out of both of these teams. So uh, that's going to be the story moving forward. I think how the Leafs are able to respond if in one of those games where it is kind of back and forth and shot for shot. I think they were lucky to hold on and, and come away with the win in game three. But when it it really tightens up and they have to you know go back and forth with the Lightning, are they able to do so? And are the big guys able to elevate even further and take over yeah i just i for me it's it's coming out tomorrow night or monday night um and and really just having that first period where they just have the pedal down um and not letting the game kind of come to them um yeah i think you know being in the building in game one i I know it it always feels different when you're watching it live versus when you're watching it on tv and obviously i have much more of a you know more used to watching it on tv but it just felt like they were so slow in that first period and and just timid and stuff and and then it was the complete opposite in game in game two so that kind of what i'm looking for is just playing with a sense of urgency like we're coming home yeah up three one like that just that's what i'm i I don't want to see that kind of tentative hesitant you know trying to let playing you still got to play conservative it's the playoffs but not overly conservative and still trying to drive the play like that's that's hopefully what we see in that first 10 minutes of of uh of game four well i don't think you can expect to to sit back against tampa the way that they did in game three and consistently come out on top so you can't expect samsonov to to kind of you know and like he he didn't necessarily play out of his mind last night but made made some big saves at big times he definitely you know stole them stole them a game um and vasilevsky's going to gonna do that yeah we're definitely due for vasilevsky to steal a game against the leafs uh i mean don't want to jinx things or anything but you look at his numbers and what he's done against the leafs in these last two playoff series it hasn't been andre vasilevsky that that everyone knows right so i think he he's due to steal one of those but back to samsonov for a second and what i said before like when was the last time you could say a leafs goaltender stole them a playoff game so I think that'll be another thing that I'm looking for heading into game four is, you know, where is Ilya Samsonov at, you know, mentally? I think he, he looked pretty shaky uh, at, at various points through these first three games. You know, just kind of swimming around, not the best rebound control, just looked a little bit out of control overall. So I think being able to to notch those back-to-back wins and especially the fact that he was kind of the, the, the story or, or the – the, the biggest reason, perhaps, that they were able to come away with the win in Game 3, that, that I'm curious to see how he's able to carry that over moving forward and if it's going to just kind of help stabilize his play. Yeah, especially knowing that he's coming off of letting in six goals and kind of what that could do to you mentally to be able to bounce back and have you know a really good Game 2 and a very good Game 3. Yeah, um, yeah he's definitely going to have to be continually elevating his game. And he does have that tendency to get a little swimmy and a little bit out of position. So, you know, just for him staying kind of calm and in the net and you know, it's obviously going to be a, a very important point for the rest of the series because Vasilevsky is not going to continue to let in, you know, four plus goals every time they play. Although 
if you look at the record that he's had against the Leafs in the playoffs, it's been more often than not, but you can't really bank on that with, with Vasilevsky. They're going to have to squeak out a 2-1 game or something like that. That save that Sammy made on Kucherov on the backhand in, in OT, right? Oh, man, I was already Fuck. getting ready to take the jersey off and... Oh yeah, I thought it was over, news. and then like best save of the series, right? And the, and I'm so. glad, like I didn't even realize in the moment, like I once I saw the replay, how much more sketchy it was. Like it, he didn't even get it clean, yeah. you know. It was just like I was like, holy <laughs> fuck! Like the heart was in my throat on that one. Yeah, that was, uh, it was some some big saves from him for sure. Um, hey, you guys want to remember Leaf? Always, hell yeah! You guys remember Mike Pekka's Leafs tenure? Yes, because my dad was so fucking pumped when it happened. <laughs> so yeah, was I. I, that. <laughs> I was fired up about Mike Pekka, who ultimately played 35 games for the league. I was just going to say, how many <laughs> games did he end up playing? Because like, my memories of that are very, very faint. Didn't even make to Christmas. Yeah, that was that was my like that was my graduating year of high school. And I definitely was not paying as much attention to the lease <laughs> back then. Um, yeah, that that's. I, I would have thought that he played more than that, though. Only 35. Wow. Yep. Then he got his uh, his knee blown out by <laughs> yeah. Jim Vandermeer. Jim Vandermeer. Um, There's a throwback. Now, it was funny because I, I wanted to get the, the date on it and just kind of figure out, you know, uh, the exact timeline. I just pulled up this old ESPN story. I'm just going to read you a quick quote here from December 22nd, 2006. It's tough when you see a guy, Vandermeer, who can barely play in this league take out one of the best players in this league, Toronto center Jeff O'Neill said. <laughs> I don't know if he meant to do it or not, but this sucks for us. Um, yeah, he was coming off of that huge run with the Oilers too, the the yeah. cup final run the year prior. He was like just the, we were talking about O'Reilly, you know, the, the steady hand back there, the centerman who's just going to take care of the defense first. That was Mike Pekka. And, uh, yeah, really wish that he got more, more than 35 games, but that's uh, how it goes. Well, maybe that was just all building up to us being able to enjoy this run of Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> the precursor. Long time coming, man. Long time coming to, to actually, you know, have a, a trade deadline acquisition, you know, check off all the boxes, at least to this point, and, and really be everything that he was supposed to be when he was brought in. So, yeah, that's that's been just a, a huge acquisition. All right. Game four, Monday night. Um, game five, I've got uh, tickets for Adam Baldwin. Um, nice. Where's he at? He's playing the uh, the Cone, the Rebecca Cone Auditorium. Nice. Um Should be a good show. So I will once again be be uh, indisposed. Um, game one. <laughs> I don't you know, know how wild, you guys wild. do it, man. Like, I, I'm like... <laughs> I sent Jesse out by herself last night <laughs> to some social outing because I was no, she knew not even to bother asking me to go <laughs> during a playoff game. So I was waiting for my flight for game one, and uh, I, I was you know I was trying to find a place to watch. Like I, you know Emily didn't want to didn't want to watch, and I, I was you know kind of trying to figure out a, a place to do it. And I ended up like she she was going to go to a movie, so I was like I'll go to the movie and just kind of watch on my phone or whatever. It's like it's a cheap place to. Go. I don't have to buy a bunch of food or whatever to keep my spot and watch. So 
anyway, by the time I checked the the phone, I think it was already two nothing, and the the movie was good. We watched Air. I I, I do want to watch that. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was more entertaining once I was engaged with that, and and uh, I I watched a bit of the game in the lobby after that, and it, it did not go well. I, I saw the bunting stuff live, and uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was I got the bad vibes at least, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be talking about a, a I, I I don't know we, we, like we joked two two pods and a reaction is, is what we've been so this is one uh, hey if all goes well that'll be our reaction pod as well so <laughs> let's uh, to, to try not to get too far ahead of ourselves here but it's hard not to be excited we'll see where we're at Leafs and five baby go Leafs go cheers fellas. Yeah.